Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Cleveland Moto Delivers. That's right, you're here in the truck with me as we're off doing our job in the world of things that happen outside of the motorcycle dealership. Usually picking up and delivering motorcycles and scooters for our customers and enjoying a little seat time. Essentially your co-pilot today. And, uh, well, you know, as we do, we're going to talk about stuff. Today's a very uh, curious topic that came up, and it's called gun control. And if you've been riding motorcycles for any period of time, you'll know that there's a very strange link in the motorcycle community with firearms. Now, before we get too deep into this, I'm going to give you just a little bit of background so you don't think that it's just a Yahoo talking about, you know, guns kind of a Yahoo, but I do have a particular background. My entire childhood was spent around guns, not just a gun or two, a shit ton of guns. My dad was an absolute gun collector. In our basement, we had over 100 guns lining the walls of our finished rustic western style basement in uh, the working class suburbs of Cleveland. And my dad looked at guns as not just a, a passing interest. He really had the fever. And we had everything you could imagine from Civil War relics, uh, flintlocks, we had percussion, muzzle loaders, and all the way into all the cowboy guns, all the lever actions, every 1864 you could possibly think of, uh, Colt and Navy arms, uh, single action revolvers, double-action Russian 44s, everything anybody who's been into guns for a long time can imagine. All the way into war guns from Korea and Vietnam era. And as a little kid, I grew up around all of these. In fact, one of our favorite party tricks at the house was when friends would come over. Uh, to put it in perspective, my mom was a beautician, licensed beautician. And in our basement, in a very small area by the washer and dryer, my mom had two chairs set up. So she'd give permanence, this was the 70s, and my mom would give permanence to the lady folk, while the men folk were over in the other side of the basement in what my dad called the Longhorn Saloon. And it was a fully paneled, in 1970s style, a paneled bar. We had a slot machine circa 1930, a nickel slot, and we had a booze barometer, which is a game, you can look it up, you put a nickel in it, and if you can move a metal ring, kind of like playing Operation, if you can move a metal ring across the metal rod without contacting it, you play the whole game and you get your nickel back. Congratulations, you won. And then various different fail points would tell you you were sober as a judge or drunk as a skunk, etc. and the light would go off and make a loud noise and embarrass you in front of your friends. And these were in our basement, as well as uh, Story and Clark, 1856 player piano that as a young kid it was my job to load the paper piano rolls into the player piano and keep that player piano running while my dad was entertaining folks at the bar mostly the, the husbands of the wives were getting their hair done and this happened two or three nights a week in the basement and we had the Longhorn Saloon was up and operational we had an air hockey table and we had a uh, decent stereo down there and we'd make drinks with a blender and I was in charge of that as well at the tender age of three or four years old 
I'd pour the contents of a paper envelope into the blender, add the correct amount of booze and ice and press the button, and a short while later a frozen concoction would come out. I suppose that's where I got my fondness for cocktails that I appreciate to this day. Now, about the guns. There were guns everywhere. We had several cabinets that had locks on them that had the handguns in them. Some of the handguns were up on display in a cool little board that said, Patrons of this establishment are requested to hang guns here, in very much old cowboy style. We had uh, swinging doors going into that part of the, bar, the basement, and it was really a great place to grow up as a kid. And listen to all the men of Fisher Body and Reliance Electric and TRW tell tales of their adventures and their blue-collar jobs and the uh, Dodge Chargers and Ford Gran Torinos that they were working on at the moment. This was a pretty good environment to grow up. But one of the highlights of the evening would be when my dad would pull out something like a Colt 1911 and they'd lay wagers as to who could strip it down, field strip the gun, and put it back together quicker. And it turns out that his four-year-old son could do it blindfolded faster than anybody else in the room. That skill would come in handy in Army basic training in 1987. So, I grew up around guns, understatement of the century. I had guns, I owned guns. When I was four years old, I owned more guns than most people do because my dad would buy a gun that he was interested in and then tell my mom that it was for me, for my legacy. And so as a kid, I grew up knowing all the guns that were bought in my name. I would take them apart, I'd clean them, I'd maintain them. And at a very young age, I started shooting. Been around guns a lot. I'd taken the hunter safety course when I was 10 years old, NRA sponsored. I was shooting NRA, I was shooting AAA or AA registered trap and skeet by the time I was 10 or 12 years old. So I was around guns a lot. And we didn't buy ammunition, we built ammunition. In our basement, we had the setup to build five-stage shotgun shells, crank the lever one time, and five things happened to make you a shotgun shell. We hand-loaded our own rounds, 38 specials, 9 millimeters, 44 magnums, 357s, anything your heart and RCBS could make a die for. And we did that a lot. We sorted ammunition while we were watching television. As a child, myself and my younger brother and sister pushed primers out of spent casings for hours while watching M.A.S.H. on television. Occasionally, my mom would hit a live primer with her vacuum cleaner and it would make a loud bang and scare the dog. That happened all the time. So that's the environment I grew up in. To say I know a thing or two about guns is a gross understatement. Then after the military, where I qualified as expert with everything they could hand me, of course. I then got into law enforcement, where, big surprise, I was good with guns. I took every armorer's course I could take, and I had no problem smithing any handgun or rifle once it was handed to me. I know about guns. Well, from the very early time that I was involved with guns and motorcycles, I noticed there was a strong crossover between the two. When we'd go to a gun show, we'd see all the people we knew from the motorcycle club, and vice versa. And everybody my dad knew, even back in the days when carrying a gun on you was absolutely illegal, they all carried guns. The phrase, I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by 6, carried a lot of clout in my household. Think about it, and if you can't think about it, Google it. 
it'll be explained to you. We were NRA members every year. Even when we didn't have enough money to put food on the table, we paid our NRA membership. I know a lot about guns. Now, hanging around motorcycle people, you do get involved with a lot of guns. And in our household, firearms and motorcycles and old cars were a currency that the government didn't know about. It was a dark currency. But if you needed 500 bucks, you just brought over a duffel bag or you brought over a gym bag and the $500 materialized itself from somewhere and we had another gun added to the collection or two or three. And at one point it was pretty fun as a little kid, I could list off all the guns and it was a pretty good parlor trick for my dad to have me list off over a hundred guns. And my dad, of course, because of the type of mental illness he had, he knew not only what he paid for each gun, but what he told my mom he paid for it. So that was a thing, a shadow economy in our household in Wycliffe, Ohio. And it wasn't just limited to my father. My uncle John was also a gun fanatic. And all my dad's friends were gun fanatics, and many of the things we did were gun fanatic related. But as I got deeper and deeper into motorcycles and traveled the world, I noticed that a lot of places I went, that guns and motorcycles went hand in hand. And it wasn't shocking to me when I found clothing manufacturers adding concealed carry pockets to their jackets and their vests. Didn't surprise me at all. And in fact, it didn't surprise me at all that any time that you'd uh, hear about a particular motorcycle event getting ugly, there'd be an inordinate amount of gunfire involved. Because I kind of grew up understanding that everybody at those events was carrying a gun. So, that's part of it. Why? Well, I'd like to think that the motorcycle culture is somehow steeped in the idea of American individualism of sort of self-dependence and self-reliance. And that part of that is, well, I can protect myself and I can provide for myself. And when you say those things in America, sort of the subtext there is, well, I can hunt and kill my own food and I can defend my own home. I'm not worried about the police defending my home or the government defending my home. I can defend my family. And if you ride a motorcycle for freedom and you ride a motorcycle for independence and a great sense of individuality, well, it's not too far of a stretch to imagine there's going to be a motorcycle showing up at a gun show and a gun showing up at a motorcycle show all the damn time. And it didn't kill me the first time I was driving along in my car or my truck and I had my wife with me, my ex-wife, training wife, if you will, and she looked over at the guy on the Harley Davidson next to us. And it was one of those Moo Glides, a heritage soft tail that had actual Holstein black and white cowhide built into the seat trim of the bike. And this guy was magnificent. He wasn't a big fella, but he had what are called cufflets, and cufflets are uh, what cowboys use so they don't tear their wrists up roping cattle. And it's a heavy-duty gauge of leather that goes around your wrists, your forearms. And on these cufflets, he had two American Standard Derringers. 
Now, those are chambered in all kinds of different calibers, but he had one on his left cufflet he, cufflet he could grab with his right hand, and one on his right cufflet he could grab with his left hand. And being that in America, open carry is a God-given right, although this was a spectacle, it wasn't shocking to me at all, but it did get the attention of my German spouse. In Germany, the only people carrying guns are law enforcement and military. Nobody's going to be traipsing around on their commute with a couple of guns on their arms. So she called attention to that and I explained the whole situation about how it's America and that's his right. I also looked down and he had a Colt single, single action army, 45, in the brightest fucking chrome nickel with ivory grips. George Patton would be proud. And he was open carrying his six guns. Wow, America. Now, I'm not lying when I tell you this guy could have been 5'6", and he might have displaced 140, 150 pounds on his best day. But at that moment, he was a pure second American voting citizen out there embracing his right to ride without a helmet, and carrying on him no less than, well, 14 to 18 rounds of 45 caliber or 410 shot. There he was, America. And that's the environment I grew up in. And it doesn't shock me. And I know for a lot of our listeners who don't swing that way, that excessive, gratuitous, worship of firearms doesn't really work for you. And in today's culture in America, it's starting to work less for me. There are too many people being shot. They don't deserve to be shot. And there's too many goddamn guns in the hands of idiots. See, I've been for guns my entire life, but I've also been for shit tons of training. I've taken concealed carry courses multiple times. I've taken tactical handgun self-defense courses many times. I've taken law enforcement courses many times. And I believe that just like one should be extraordinarily proficient with a motorcycle, should they choose to ride one, that they should also be extraordinarily proficient with a firearm should they choose to carry one. Well, a big part of that is because if I see you carrying a gun, and you're near me, I now have access to a gun. I wish a lot more people would think about it that way. Remember that your gun is only your gun, as good as you are at keeping it. Your gun can become anybody else's gun. And if you're one of those sons of bitches that was riding that Harley Davidson motorcycle, carrying four guns, on your best day, the best you can hope to do is hang on to only one of those guns at a time. And if you can hang on to one, that means I can get three. And then you're outgunned. So, if you're a motorcycle enthusiast, and you like the idea of carrying a gun, let's be sensible about it. Let's be safe about it. Concealed carry is concealed carry. I don't need to know about it. I don't want to know about it. Let's not upset people. Let's not get 911 called because you're exercising your Second Amendment rights. 
because I assure you that'll end up poorly for you and the law enforcement officers around you when there's a misunderstanding and voices get raised. Let's avoid those situations. If we're going to be gun owners, and we're going to be gun carriers, and we're going to be motorcycle riders, let's operate with a little f***ing decorum. If we can do that, I think we'll all have a better time. It's just a thought as I'm driving home from work after seeing a fellow ride into my shop today who was carrying not one, but two guns on his motorcycle out where I could see him. And I just think that's in bad taste. If you don't agree with me, please comment. Let me know your feelings. I really do appreciate them. I enjoy my guns, and I'm not in any hurry to give them up. If you told me I had to have a registration for every single gun I owned right now, I would do it. If you told me I had to have a license that proved I was a qualified, capable gun owner, not only would I do it, but I've done it. And if you told me, in order to enjoy the right of carrying a gun, I had to secure some sort of liability insurance. I would either make the decision to stop carrying a gun or I would pay for that insurance. These are the same rules that I agree to when I drive my car. That's the other thing I own that could kill people if used incorrectly. You can comment clevelandmoto at gmail.com. I do really want to hear what other motorcycle riders, people who are passionate, what do they think about guns? in general. I really do care. So ride fast and take chances. Ride fast.